None of these look like good <laughs> Why upsets. Why did you just write one down before? Because honestly, I forgot that we were doing this segment. <laughs> The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, and Joe Costanzo. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, with another episode of the Drop Back Podcast. I'm your host this week, Joe Costanzo, and I'm joined as ever down the line by Sam Lewis. Hey Joe. Stan Wilson. Hello, Joe. And no math, uh, Matthew Burns Peak. Disappointing. Very disappointing, which means we've got a lot nicer takes from Matt once again <laughs> in the way of a text message. Hmm. So I just say, Joe, be... I, re- I really enjoy how you introduce yourself each time as the host. It's almost like you've taken over a ship and just announcing that we're all hostages now. Yeah, well. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I am or it's like possessed now. our bodies or something. <laughs> <laughs> shall we shall we get into it boys uh, we've Let's got go. a little, go. bit of, little bit of british american football news coming in first to get through baffer have been given a ninety thousand pound investment from sport england and they're saying it's mostly being spent on it costs as two players who are involved actively in baffer teams uh, what do you guys think about this we should Sorry, preface ahead, it, but it's also operational fees. It's not just £90,000 mostly. I said on so. IT costs. I did say mostly. Okay, fair enough. I think we should much. just make it clear. And also, all the costs we know now, we don't have a clear idea of where they're going, but hopefully we will in the future. It's but my mate that- Dave, he does IT. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they use some of it to like, fix this their dodgy website, which Lou, I know you mentioned earlier on our WhatsApp group. It's ancient and it's unusable. Like, it's signing up for membership on there every single year is, is an absolute struggle and it baffles me every single year why they can't just simply update it like this is 2020 now yeah yeah maybe maybe it costs ninety thousand pounds to get a website but i doubt um, that as someone with like some experience in websites like being built and things like that there's when it's particularly with like funding for websites and things like that once people any sort of government organization or anything like that get any sort of funding they tend to spend the whole thing because uh, they have to they want to get the funding again next year so you'd hope out of ninety thousand pounds to make a website you can get a very serviceable website for two thousand pounds so it's it's not the end of the world yeah and if they want an example of how to make a great website just head over to the dropback.com or the dropback.co.uk Created and made by our hostless man today. Absolutely, no, I think make, that didn't make any sense. No, it didn't. You meant to say matter. it was made by Matt. We we all got it. I don't know if anyone listening got it, but it, yeah, well, it, it's, it's made by Matt. Okay. For anyone with any experience with Joe's twisted mind, that made sense. <laughs> I like how no one even questioned it as well. Used to it now. Yeah. Uh, one thing I hope actually is maybe they hire someone else on that board because. As we've seen, Baffa has been struggling for some time to actually assert itself with any ability on the sport in the UK. As a sport, we have fallen so far behind the rest of Europe. So with this new CEO, um, Pete Ackerley, that's actually seems to be pushing it forwards, maybe a couple more bodies on the board that aren't just volunteers can improve it. But 
Yeah, for sure. It, Especially in terms with like the media coverage and stuff. Because in Europe, you've stuff got stuff like AFI TV. You've got like the whole Europe's elite camps. You've got players like, regularly going over to play co- play college level, whether that be D3, yeah. D2 or D1. But it's still a hell of a lot more than we're getting. And that's because A, it's not publicised and B, the standards are a lot lower. And mm-hmm. perhaps more publicity would help attract a higher standard of play. I wonder if there's going to be a link between, a clear link between BAFA and the NFL Academy that's setting up in London. Because yeah. Yeah. You don't hear anything really from BAFA about that. Yeah, surely like the NFL Academy perhaps in, in the future would want to send scouts over to BAFA teams to under-17 sides to maybe scout out players that they'd want to join into the academy. And I think that'd be a, a really logical way forward for the sport. Yeah, for sure. Do you think the NFL Academy in the UK is kind of made because they're expecting a team in the UK within some way like or is it just because the I don't think there's an easy, any, I don't think an easy spot for Europe I think it's so. an easy spot for Europe and I don't, I don't think there's any clear link between having the academy and having a team over here mm. because it's not like you can have a youth team as an NFL team anyway so it wouldn't benefit any team by being close to the academy in any discernible way yeah yeah that makes sense no, we're going back to this £90,000 fee, the issue we had, remember when we had the whole subs conversation earlier at the beginning of lockdown because when yeah. the season got cancelled? And the issue we had then was a lack of transparency, basically, that we had no idea what Baffer was using the money for. And that's what it looks like the issue is here as well. I mean, there are rumours that they are going to release a better balance sheet after the AGM. But if we see a whole list of figures under others, then it... It, you do lose some faith in Baffer. Exactly. And to be clear, that was £20,000 under others. Yeah, please specify. Exactly. It's got to be hotel <laughs> fees and stuff like that, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Pete's often a mad one in Bali, probably. We should definitely actually circle back to this point in uh, this £90,000 fa- payment when the spreadsheets do get released. So there's not much more we can add at the moment, but this will be a starting point in a couple of weeks or whenever the AGM is. I don't actually have the day in front of me. Probably should have looked that up. But that is something that we should keep in mind. Probably should have looked that up. You know, story of the life, Slew. Gosh. <laughs> anyway, so let's move on to the NFL week two. Just we wrapped up and finished with it. And I think all of us here would agree that the story of week two was injuries, it seemed like. Uh, I don't know if it's related to the lack of preseason and everything like that, but that we've come across a pretty fat injury list uh, with some big names on here. And I'm just going to go ahead and read them out sort of team by team, the big injuries we saw in week two. So the Giants lost Saquon Barkley for an ankle injury for the season. Nate, ACL. Oh, I don't know why I've written ankle. Yeah, it was ACL. Are you just going to say all wrong injuries and we're just going to try and fill in the gaps? Miss that injury. Okay. (laughs) The website I have up does actually say ankle injury. Maybe pick a better website. Okay. USA Today Sports, get some. (laughs) Sterling Sterling Shepard is turf toe, so he's out indefinitely, so it's a sort of week-to-week thing potentially. 49ers, uh, massive losses all around here. So Nick Bosa is out with an ACL for the season, Solomon Thomas is out with a knee injury that was just deemed ACL out for the year. D Ford as well had an injury in practice to his neck. He'll be out for four to six weeks. Jimmy G has an ankle injury, high ankle sprain. He's week to week at the moment. 
Tevin Coleman with a knee injury. He's, he's going to be out for multiple weeks alongside their other running back, Raheem Mostert, with another knee injury, will be out for multiple weeks. The Chargers lost Tyrod Taylor with a chest injury. He'll be out. He'll be week to week as well. The Panthers, a big loss here with Christian McCaffrey, originally touted as a hamstring injury, then reported as an ankle injury, and he'll be out for at least over a month. The Colts, uh, Paris Campbell, who had a great start to the season, out with an MCL injury for the for the season. Malik Hooker, safety for them, uh, out with an Achilles and an ACL for the season. Green Bay, Devontae Adams is out, is questionable to return whenever with a hamstring injury. The Rams, Cam Akers with a rib injury, your boy Stan, at least multiple weeks pending results now. Going on with this list because I have a second page. (laughs) The Broncos with Drew Locke is out with a shoulder injury. Uh, Cortland Sutton, he'll miss multiple weeks as well with that. He's done for the season. He's out no, for the season. Drew Locke, Drew Locke, I think he's talking about multiple weeks. Yeah, Drew, Drew, Drew Locke is multiple weeks. Yeah, so Cortland Sutton, ACL, is going to be out for the season. Dolphins, Byron Jones is done with a groin injury. He'll be out for one week at least. Vikings, Anthony Barr, pectoral tear out for the season. Mike Boone running back with a concussion. Jets, Brashad Perryman is out with an ankle week to week. The Seahawks, Bruce Irvin, is out with an ACL for the season. Washington, Brandon Scherf, is, uh, their guard, is out with an MCL for three to five weeks. And the Eagles, their left guard, Isaac Samalu, is if I pronounced that correct? I think it's Samalu. Samalu, out with a knee injury. Uh, he's on short-term IR, so that's at least three weeks. So, ladies and gents, it's a good job that, we've got that short-term IR, isn't it? Bloody hell, that's a lot of injuries. Yeah, it's that's a lot of injuries. Indeed. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. To be honest, I, I was I was completely shocked. They, on red zone, they just just it, the the list just kept getting longer and longer as he was showing it. And at one point, I think he had to switch to a second page of injuries. It's just ridiculous. Just wouldn't fit. Yeah, it was it was it was mad. I think out of this huge list, then what do you um, think? can we can we just stick stick with the injury thing before we move on to that? Um, mm-hmm. There was massive concerns raised by the 49ers on the the surface at MetLife Field, and they're they're playing there next week. They're doing a two week trip to um, New York. They're playing the Giants there next week. Same pitch, same turf, and of course they lost numerous starters to that field. They've they've lost three of their three D, of their starting D linemen couple of running backs and of course they're starting quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo and yeah that's that's been it that's been a complaint for yeah. a while as well well apparently it was the te- the surface was past as safe to play on uh, I saw someone brought it up uh, I can't remember what it's called the head of Yahoo Sports he's always on the McAfee show basically yeah. saying sometimes if the surface isn't great but passable the issue is on the footwear worn now I'm not blaming anyone and obviously this is a terrible situation but you do have to look at the 49ers and know kit staff head coach i don't know who makes that decision and be like are you not equipping your players in the safest possible way that's a really that has to be that has to be addressed just as much as the field does yeah i guess that that's a really valid point too so i assume they've they've got another week to consider to consider that factor and hopefully we don't see a, a similar number of players go down next week as they take on the giants yeah you think now it's it's been addressed uh, they at least come, would come out with an official statement on on the stadium. Well, they are doing they are doing a further check. But the thing is, you don't want that to have to have two ACL tears before they 
take a further look at it. That's not really the situation we should have to be in. Two yeah, ACL shots to some of your best players as well. Sure. That was interesting about this list, actually, is how many high-profile players were on it. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Look, reading it out, there's only like a few players that like, I would have to specify what, what position they play. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, it's sad, to be honest. It, it really bummed me out. It was a really weird week in the NFL. You also have to question how much of this is due to a shortened training camp I think whole off-season period. Because is there's a lot, there's a hell of a lot of Achilles injuries as well at the moment. I don't I don't know if there are any actually in week two, but week one of that practice, there's been a, a huge number of Achilles torn yeah, um, and high ankle sprains C- as well. CJ Azuma as well, wasn't it from the Bengals? Bengals. Who, yeah, who I called for the breakout season on that fancy podcast, and I w- was looking pretty right about that. Just to <laughs> sl- slide that in there, but I was looking Pointless. back, and apparently a similar thing happened in the 2011 lockout. So after there was a shortened training camp a hugely high number of Achilles injuries took place. So you've got to, you've got to guess if players can't get the right conditioning. I think it's just, it's, it's just getting used to the impact of football and also with the reduced sort of physical contact and training as well, that will obviously have play play an aspect. Yeah. It's, it's happened before and it doesn't surprise me that there's many injuries happening, but it's just that the names it kind of shocks me. It's, it's it's all like massive names that are going to be seriously impactful for their teams. And I think on that note, what, what do you guys think for the injuries in terms of like, who do you think will have the biggest impact? This might be a bit of a more controversial one because of the start of the season he's had with the Broncos, but um, wide receiver Cortland Sutton. Um, yeah. He's had a quiet start to the season to say the least, but him being the number one receiver, he takes away the, the attention from the number one cornerback on the opposing team and with less experienced receivers behind him like Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, etc, etc. We've both not had like the normal training camp that a rookie would Exactly. Receive. So Jerry Judy has now been thrust into that um, wide receiver one role and he's now playing with a quarterback that isn't named Drew Locke. He's likely to be playing with Blake Bortles who's been brought in as a free agent. And so I think, yeah, Drew Locke's going to massively hurt them too but Cortland Sutton as well it's going to be a massive, massive blow for that team and a massive blow to Jerry Judy's rookie year as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I'll stick on the Broncos, I think Drew Locke's just as big, if not a bigger loss for yeah, Cortland Sutton. Sure. Yeah, you lose Cortland Sutton for a year, but at the end of the day, you know what commodity you have in Cortland Sutton. The whole yeah. point of the Broncos this year, they built around Drew Locke and they, would, they should have known at the end of this year if they have a quarterback for the future or not. Even if he comes back in six weeks, he's still going to be playing with a busted shoulder. So he's not going to be playing at his full capacity anyway on his throwing arm. So the fact is, you could be entering year three with a quarterback that still hasn't played a full 16 slate of games and still in the situation like, do you know what you have in him? Yeah, and also yeah. shoulder injuries on quarterbacks, they tend to re-aggravate them if they come back too soon. So with that... Yeah, we've seen that all too well with Cam Newton. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know Drew Brees before and everything like that. One thing I would say about the Broncos, just sticking on this, is that Melvin Gordon managed to have a really good game. Their running game looks quite good, so they can lean on that. But when you know that's the only thing they can do without the weapons, or without the massive weapon, I think, of Cortland Sutton, like you said, the starter that everyone was talking about in the offseason in Drew Locke as well for a few weeks at least, is going to be difficult for them. Yeah, they're going to really have to change their offense, I feel like, these next coming weeks. Because we obviously... Well, we know that their strongest position group in Denver is their backfield. Mm. And with Drew Locke going down, Bortles coming in, you've got Sutton going down as well. I think they're going to have to change very much to a run-first approach. 
which would be great for fantasy users, namely, yeah, namely you, Joe, with a Melvin Gordon. Indeed. But, yeah. Everyone slagged me off for well, picking a well bunch of running backs. Well done, Joe. Well done, Joe's auto draft. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what we were saying at the preseason, when we were looking at the Broncos in the AFC West, that they would have had to play to their full potential, even to have a chance in that division. So now, their, their chance are done. They're, Especially they're, if we've seen the, the Raiders take down the Saints last night, they've got no chance. Now, I guess we can get onto that later on in the show. But I think, and obviously, the big, the massive name here for everyone, everyone kind of would agree. I think Nick Bosa is you know ACL injury out for the season biggest threat on that on that 49ers D-line which has also just been torn apart with Solomon Thomas gone and D Ford as well I think you know you, you miss so much in that like I was saying you know if he was, wasn't playing defense he would be considered yeah defensive players never win MVP but he almost had an MVP like season last year you know defensive rookie of the year I think I think it, that's just crazy the amounts he he actually gets pressures on the quarterback and he changes the game and how much people have to scheme against him specifically and that opens up so many things for the other side their d-line so i wouldn't be surprised if that if that d-line in general even when d ford might come back gets slain it seems the 49ers in general i think we just have to kind of talk about because this is this is brutal for the start of the season of the you know, uh, the, the Super Bowl attendees last year. <laughs> this. Plus their division looks even harder than it did last year. It seems every, each of those teams is mm. playing better than they were last year. Cardinals, were, they're all 2-0. and o. Cardinals, mm. we've already spoken about. Russell Wilson, we spoke about last week. And Rams the Rams look, Rams look competent again and dangerous. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it was, it was going to be tough for the 49ers to defend anyway. With this, they're in a really tricky position. Yeah, yeah, especially with the fact now that the Rams have established their run game, they're gonna they're gonna bully each team in the NFC West now is gonna absolutely bully their D line. The O line looked great. They lost their three starters. Well, the Rams, yeah, looked really yeah, good this week. Yeah, the, they did. Yeah, it's just the thing is, like in this day and age, you don't need to have a great O line because everyone runs that same zone run West Coast zone run scheme, and so it doesn't it doesn't matter to that to some extent who you've got. And yeah, McVay's an expert at it. So yeah, they, they, yeah. All the teams in the NFC West will probably tear apart the 49ers now. Yeah, and your your boy Kyler looked amazing last week. Oh, he looks phenomenal. I'm going to say it so you don't have to. Just to up. <laughs> no, um, I wasn't too bad either, I guess. Thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> I, th- I think another player that wasn't on your list because he was injured just before week two that has already shown to be a huge loss to their team is Michael Thomas. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, Tell that's me true. about it. Bloody hell, Emmanuel how ordinary, how ordinary did Drew Brees look last night? Mm. He looked completely mediocre. And like people talk about how like Mike Thomas is he only runs slants and he's just he's not a special receiver, but his absence was his absence was, was clearly shown in that field last night and he was missed by that offense. And it really highlighted how Emmanuel Sanders cannot be a wide receiver one for Drew Brees. Like they've yeah. got serious, serious problems in that wide receiver room without Mike Thomas there. Plus, you said he only like he only runs slants, but maybe all Drew Brees can do is throw those short intermediate passes nowadays. Yeah, he, did, he didn't look accurate on the deep ball. He used to, he he was never the biggest arm, but his accuracy was there. He just it doesn't look like he's got it anymore. I don't know what it was. I think with Mike Thomas as well, the, the slant stereotype and is is quite unfair. He does run a lot of slants, but you can't can't underestimate his route running like across the field. I think I think 
he gets a lot of run yards after the catch on slants as well. Is is like well, that's a talent. It works. Yeah, he exactly. gets yards and he's had MVP like seasons. Yeah, um, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying you know this is this is what people are saying. I think I, I've got to mention it as well. Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. Saquon Barkley out for the season, but that's really crushing that's for the Giants. That yeah. you you said in preseason how you were worried they were going to waste his career. Mm. With that well, O-line. That didn't make any sense to me as well. This really actually pissed me off is that he tweaked it looked like he tweaked his knee and yeah. then they put him back in the game, his wrist. Apparently it was his wrist somehow. Okay, well on the on it the like sorry, on the replay though, it did. looked like his knee, you know. Yeah. Um, and then it looked like you know, it hyperextended like... the game straight away and well, too soon, and then run him straight away. Like I I get he's such a talent for this team, but you can't you can't be doing that with your, your consensus best player on the team. And exactly. Without Saquon Barkley there, the, the they kind of knew what the Giants were doing the whole time afterwards. It's, it's you know, it, I mean, I didn't count the Giants to have a great chance of you know reaching the playoffs, doing anything this year. But it looks like they're going to be looking at another sort of top five draft pick again. I I think now without with Saquon Barkley out, I can't see and Sterling Shepard as well is one of their best receivers. But yeah, the thing is, it's different for a team like them than it is for the. Saints, because the Saints, like we all saw, will have the Drew Brees. Sorry to bring it to that. To that, how how much time does he have left? If he, if they're geared up to win now and they don't win because Michael Thomas is out, so they've got a trip away at the playoffs. Whereas the Giants, if they finished in top five seed, a uh, top yeah. five um, draft pick, is that the worst thing for them in the world long term? Because the likelihood is that they use it to either give Dan Jones another weapon or build up their O line a bit. Yeah, I think O line needs to do the target for um, yeah, for the Giants this offseason. Especially if you plan your if you're planning your games around Saquon Barkley, you've got to give him the big boys up front to protect him. Otherwise, he's going to keep going down like this, and you're going to waste mm. he's going to waste his career. They addressed it last this this past offseason, but they they're going to need to do a lot more. It's one guy that you can't just bring in Andrew yeah. Thomas and think your problem's going to be solved. Like he's a he's a good player. He's not elite. He's not great. He's good. They just need to be more what's, active in what's free the Oregon agency. guy called? Um, Penae Sewell. What if they manage to get him and then move Thomas back to right tackle? If they move, yeah, that would be the perfect move. That would be yeah. probably one of the best the best um, tackle duos in football. Ooh. Sewell is probably the, be- the best tackle in probably about 10 years, maybe since Taylor Lewan. That good? He's, he's absolutely amazing. He's, he's, I, I was really, really high on Jedrick Wars this year. And if I, had to, compa- if I had, to, had to compare the two of them this season, Sewell would be higher than him. Okay, that's that's very juicy, juicy. T- yeah. I mean, we're kind of predicting the Giants to get to get a really early draft pick. Yeah, I think they, they, I think no they would. Have, I think they probably would have done anyway. Yeah. <laughs> also, Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers. Just the consensus one and two picks in everyone's fantasy drafts are now out with significant time. McCaffrey's over a month now. Yeah. Good job. I went deep at running back. Nice. Same. Good job. Same, I didn't. Right. <laughs> this. Move on from the sadness for for a bit and go. Wait, on. actually, no. Before we do move off off of injuries, but I'm sad, talk... Slew. <laughs> All right, it's it's an injury, but it has produced a little bit of good. Okay, go on. It's the and Stan's going to hate uh, this. Tyrod. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. Justin Herbert didn't look like the worst quarterback of all time. Stan, thoughts? Chiefs' defense is not is not amazing. It's but it's good. It's, all, it's good it's enough. Howard made some good throws. I'll give him that. He had a good debut, but he will get exposed eventually. He's he's had a he's had a good game. I think people are quite overreacting to it. His timing looked very good. 
His there was, one, there really was one big rookie mistake that I pointed out in our group chat when he could have run. He's basically free for a first down for a run and he throws it up into double coverage mm. for a pick. The type of things I you learn. With yeah, Herbie, you, need, you need to give it to him on the plate. You need to give it to him on the plate. You need to give him his, what, his first read or his second read. If you ask him to do anything more than that, he will struggle. Uh, that, that's been proven in college. His, post, his pocket awareness is not great after his, uh, moving to, through his reads. And... Yeah. But all credit, all credit to the Chargers. They changed their offense to suit Herbert this offseason. They've added in the screens, the throws behind the line of scrimmage, the short balls, the stuff that he can do. And I think it's paid off for them. And Herbert could end up proving us all wrong. Hmm. But we shouldn't, over, we shouldn't be so quick to yeah, it's, it's, call it's, him Rookie of the Year after one game. I did put a cheeky bet before the season because the odds were so good. I stuck a fiver on Herbert to win rookie of the year, Offensive Rookie of the what, Year. What were the odds, just out of interest? I've got no idea off the top of my head. Oh, you should know off the top of your head, mate. Come oh, on. I'll look it up for you. Oh, Anthony Lynn's stupid. Why would you put oh, Tyrod well, Taylor yeah. back in? He's, right. Yeah, he's, he, he did say that he's going to bring, if Tyrod comes back, he's the starter, effectively. Right, which... look. Yeah, the whole off-season I was saying, don't play Herbert, just play Tyrod the entire year. But Tyrod's been awful so far. Tyrod's been rubbish. You bring Herbert in for a game, and he almost wins you a game against the Chiefs. You keep him in. This is going to be. Got, this should be the second time that Tyrod has started off slow and been overtaken by a rookie QB. After what happened, yeah. in the, rounds. the odds were twenty to one. Lovely. Oh, that's pretty good. I mean, it's not quite one hundred and fifty to one on Sam Darnold to be taken with the third pick and Baker Mayfield to go first, but I'll give it to you on that. A little cheeky three pound on that netted me. You guessed it, four hundred and fifty. Bang bang. <laughs> The drop back. We've got sports betting takes now. <laughs> we just do. from years yeah. ago. Any... <laughs> yeah, we, we no, but what, like you were saying about Lynn, do you think part of the reason they've done that is because they don't want Tyrell Taylor to lose his job on an injury, which seems like a freak accident I, as well? I think he, he doesn't want to be too. It's a kind of going into what stands there. People he doesn't want to overhype it or maybe put too much pressure on Justin Herbert. I think if Justin Herbert goes out and plays this next game and has a really good performance again, then you're going to have to. He's going to have to address that. What, what well, he good. said. Just going back to the pressure being put on Herbert as well. What I, I really liked that Anthony Lynn did this week is because he knew that uh, Taylor sustained an injury in practice. He didn't announce that Herbert was going to be the starter midweek, and so he shielded almost him almost from the media pressure. And it was a surprise to even the the announcers on game day that Herbert was taking snaps as at quarterback. So I think that that went really went a long way in terms of keeping Herbert away from the media and just giving him time to prepare for the games you normally would. Yeah, cheeky little bit of gamesmanship there. And it had exactly. the advantage as well that the yeah. Chiefs would have been preparing for Tyrod rather than Justin Herbert. And they really do have different, different game styles. <laughs> so that, that's a little bit of good news out of this all. Very sad news in general. However, let's bring it down again. With the 0-2 teams. We love the 0-2 teams. It's definitely not depressing to be a fan of one of them. <laughs> I prefer being 2-0. How about you, Joe? Yeah, I, I kind of prefer that as well. I think I'm pretty used to it by now, though. So, the <laughs> out of, interesting fact for you guys, since the 12-team playoff picture has been around, 88% of 0-2 teams do not make the playoffs. And I think it was such 60 But we don't have any... We don't, we don't know. 2-0 teams make the playoffs, by the maybe way. Go, maybe it shoots up, though, with our new seven-team playoff in each conference. This is what I was going to say. This is a bit different this year. We're getting one extra team in each conference to get a wild-card spot. So, 
There's a bit more hope for teams. And on let's just read out the teams that are 0-2 first. It's the Dolphins, the Bengals, the Jets, the Texans, the Broncos, the Eagles, the Giants, the Vikings, the Lions, the Falcons, and the Panthers. Which do you guys think on this list have the biggest chance of making the playoffs? I'm going to go for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. I think they were really, really unlucky to lose to the Cowboys on Sunday night. Of course, like the choking memes are all over social media right now, but they were incredibly unlucky to lose that. The, the onside kick Greg Zerline delivered in that fourth quarter to give the Cowboys a chance to get them get Greg back into field goal range was... It would never happen again. She just jumped on the ball. Just jump on the yeah. ball. That yeah. was so See, dumb. I don't care that the whole thing... Oh, if the, if he tu- if he's going to touch it, then they can get the ball. But he should they should have just jumped on no, the ball. They didn't know the rules. It, it honestly looked that's even a, worse. Then no, for, exactly from a viewer's perspective, <laughs> it, the Cowboys were circling around the ball to make it look like and confuse the Falcons players that they couldn't touch the ball. And as NFL players, you should know the rules. And the special teams coordinator from the Falcons should have educated on them on these rules, especially because yeah, they're going to be on the sideline right before the onside kick. They, you've got a time you talk to your coach on the sideline before you go line up he should have just made sure they all knew what was going on it's, yeah just it jump just on the ball that's, that's what you're there for that's what the hands team's for get the ball and yeah they just let the Cowboys walk right out of there with a win that they had no right to whatsoever yeah the memes are, are funny yeah I think they, they might be, be cursed a bit to just lose these kind also, of also that defence is trash yeah it is trash I would say their, their offence keeps the minute a lot of these games they didn't even do particularly bad against the Seahawks in week one either in terms of their offensive performance but this defense is just I mean yeah, they, they, Ryan, at the start of the game season. we were thinking the Cowboys have lost this they are just playing trashy football fumbling they weren't it was, it was weird because it was just fumbles like they weren't going three and outs really yeah it, it was, was just fumbles it was three fumbles and that took them in a hole but they they somehow got out of it they they I do think they got very good and it's also Matt's pick by the way for is the Falcons and I, I think they've got a pretty good chance of, of making the playoffs but their defense is going to need to show some signs of improvement what also worry me did you yeah. see that Julio Jones catch that he dropped yes yeah I saw that a bit of a on the goal line on the goal line that, that could have that could have potentially been a game winner I assume mm. that was late in the fourth on the note, though, Ridley has looked very good this year. Ridley's a phenomenal route runner. He's, he, yeah, he's emerged as a potential wide receiver one if it wasn't for Julio Jones being there. Exactly. Obviously, you can't call him a wide receiver one when Julio Jones is on the field. Exactly. He's outperforming him. Obviously, we, we don't know what he's like against a number one corner, but and having Julio there is such a, an yeah. advantage for him. But Ridley, oh my God. Right. If you have him on fantasy, keep him or trade him for... No, all the picks. Trade Ridley. Keep Ridley. I don't think you could get enough for him in a trade. The Dynasty League values. trade him for three years worth. He's of young man. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Don't listen to Joe's fancy advice. He uses auto pick. Yeah, but I also have some. And is Owen two in, and is Owen two in a Dynasty League, which he's just now talking about. Yeah, but <laughs> I have Saquon on my team, man. That's not fair. <laughs> what's the, what's the excuse of the first week? That's just. Unlucky, mate. I was pretty close one. <laughs> Fantasy's always unlucky. I didn't even auto drop that one. And I think I'm doing better in the auto draft. Still low in two. You auto draft Nelson Aguilar. Not Nelson yeah, Aguilar. The new Nelson Aguilar. The rookie, the Jay, rookie draft Rager. doesn't count. <laughs> Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, they're, they're basically the same slew. Right. It's, it's good that you're uh, you're coming clean about your first round receivers. 
No, it's quicker than Nelson Aguilar. Who, who have you got, Slim? Can I'm I, clinging, can I make I'm a clinging guess? on hope. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the Eagles by yeah. any chance? Why, why would you possibly think it's the Eagles? Your corners can't play. Darius the Slate secondary is trash. Darius Slate's been good. Oh, okay, you've, you've still, you've still it got... It was because we decided to do got. man coverage the whole time against the Rams and the coaching... I don't... Look, honestly, that was a bad... That was a badly coached defence last week. There was no excuses for it. But the fact is that we clawed our way back into the game before Carson Wentz threw that pick. We clawed our way from, what, 21-3 down? And then all the air went out. So there have been times this season where we have looked really good. Unfortunately, on the other hand, obviously we're on two. So there's times we've looked really bad. So it's just about hitting that first part consistently. Tight ends. Tyler Higby was. Tyler Higby went off against you. Is that going to be a concern for future weeks? Whether you've got that person who can defend the tight end? Yeah, to be honest, that that should be an issue. I think. I don't know why it wasn't just Jalen Mills lined up against him because he has historically been good against tight ends when he's been in coverage on him. Terrible against corners, really good against tight ends because he's a physical he player. Yeah, it, it, all the terrible against receivers. Yeah, it'll be not a good idea. Idea. That's why him against a corner though. Did I say corners? Maybe, maybe he can cover corners. We'll we'll, we'll see. No, I was the thing is looking through this list. There, them and the Falcons are the only ones that have shown actual promise in any position. Right. Like the Vikings' strength is supposed to be their defense, and that looks appalling. And now they've lost Anthony Barr. So, yeah, I would say, but the only faith I have in the Vikings is just that they've done it before. But they've done it before with a much better defense, and I, I think they're honestly dead. I would argue the Texans have had a really yeah, rough. They, start they were the other the one that circled. Obviously, the Ravens, who we were the best team in football last year. They've had the Chiefs to start off with. The best team during the season in football last year. Stop looking at me like that, Slew. Okay. All right. Gosh. And then those were the three teams I circled the Eagles, Texans, and the Falcons. Yeah. Any other answer is just, yeah, it's not happening. So, would you argue every other team is dead? I wouldn't say they're dead. They could always, they could, there's a sneak in a back door. Like you said, there's these seven playoff seeds now wait you think they're dead dead all of them i think i think i can't see any i can't get behind any of them at all i can name i can name my dead teams i i would pick the dolphins the bengals the jets the broncos the giants the lions and the panthers are dead isn't that pretty much all of them yes i said the vikings i i'm not saying the vikings are dead Oh, I, um, so the Vikings, Vikings, the Falcons, the Texans, and the Eagles. The Broncos did play the Steelers close. Yeah, but they've now got Jeff, Jeff Driscoll at QB. Well, I don't see what the issue is. Oh, or Blake Bortles. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. I just you don't know what seed with the seven seed playoffs, what record you need to get in. So we yeah. could see an eight and eight team get in somehow, which is why seven and nine. Jets though, Jets can go straight away. They they look like yeah. the worst team. Else. They look worse than that Owen sixteen Browns team, quite honestly, and I'm not entirely sure how. Adam Gaze, yeah. maybe that's how. <laughs> the one week Matt's not on, and we're bringing up Adam Gaze. He hey, we, he'll, a... Yeah, that's because someone's got to if he's not here. Yeah, that's true. That's very yeah, true. Adam Gaze is worse than Hugh Jackson. Then I think he's a fucking cancer, to be honest. Sorry, it's very very rough. But that. It seems like every every person every player who comes out and says anything about him afterwards. No one has ever said anything nice, and except Peyton Manning. Okay, but Peyton Manning's just a nice guy, though. Yeah, I think. Yeah. 
Wasn't he his quarterback like, coach in Denver? Yeah. But that's that's different. Like any anywhere he's been a head coach for, I just think he's not he's not meant to be a head coach. To be honest, he's very he seems to play players off each other and say things about players in the media and things like that that are just things that you shouldn't do as a head coach. And is culminated in the Jets looking like the worst team this year. They're definitely dead. There's there's no chance of them living. I'm just going to go ahead and say Matt's pick for this was also the Falcons, as we mentioned. Every other team, he said, will be dead. Uh, so no other 0-2 teams other than the Falcons will get to the playoffs. Everyone else is dead, according to Matt. And as we all know from last year, you can't revive them. What happens if you get it wrong? You're wrong. If he's taking that big a shot at killing all those teams... I think, I think that there should be a sandwich on it. Yeah, so what a sandwich for each per, each person you call dead that isn't. To, to, yeah, I like that. So say Stan and Matt both called the Bengals dead. Mm-hmm. If they're if they're both wrong, they don't. They both owe me and you a sandwich, Joe. Okay, I don't know. That's fine. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know what Slew's going to do. Slew's not going to call anyone dead until no, because they've, they've got. You, but you can only you can only get as many sandwiches as you call dead teams. So if okay. I don't call anyone dead, I'm capped at zero sandwiches, so I can't yeah, do but it. it. You're going to call them dead in like week nine. Okay, should we go through this? I'm going to go through the list and I'll call all the teams I say are definitely dead. Yeah, I- I've already done it. Go ahead. Dolphins are dead. Yeah. Giants are dead. Yeah. Um, I can get on with the Jets. Jets, sure. Jets and Giants. Vikings, on yeah. with. Vikings are dead. Okay. Jets are dead. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I can. That's what I can. If, I'm, if there's money on the line, there's sandwiches on the line. Yeah, exactly. Then, that's what I mean. You need a little bit. Yeah. Can I just say we'll, we, we'll we, have a discussion. Have a we'll have a discussion yet to eat a sandwich. Don't tell them the secrets, Joe. <laughs> well, I, I'm yeah, just that. saying. I, I think I'm owed the most sandwiches out of everyone. I'm, I'm definitely owed at least fifteen sandwiches. <laughs> I think, we should, I we should think, all just go to Subway I and call think Joe I think we can call it pretty much that I've won in the Josh Allen versus Baker Mayfield I will have to come back to you at the end of Tell their it. respective careers <laughs> Tell you what, should, we say, should we say after this season so they both had three seasons in the league me and no, Matt will be no, independent we said five years and I'm not giving Matt any say on a <laughs> Buffalo Bills player Exactly. that is very true to be fair, Mayfield could still turn it around like down the stretch. Yeah, lane. he could do. I hope he does. To be fair, I don't know why everyone hates him. It's really weird. I it's think... because of Colin Cowherd. That's the reason. No, because Colin think, Cowherd went out there people... and said a load of bad stuff. No, but I don't. I hate why everyone hates his personality. I don't have any issue with it, really. No, I don't I, get it. Again, it's Colin Cowherd because Colin Cowherd created this storm about Baker Mayfield being a bad player and a bad leader, and the fact um. He wasn't celebrating with his teammates in college or something. It's, it's ridiculous. It was, it was a bunch of that. And I think some people kind of, possibly because of Callum Cowherd, possibly just in general, don't like how he kind of had a chip on his shoulder coming into the league, which he rightfully did, to be honest, in, in a lot of ways, have a chip on his shoulder based on what Colin Cowherd has been saying to him the entire time. People are kind of annoyed about that and how he's not really lived up to it after year one. I think, to be honest, mate, shit happens you know you, you're not gonna you're not gonna <laughs> that is fantastic analysis joe i love it how many people are good in their rookie season and kind of drop off for potentially a few years any place for the browns you know it's not a perfectly run organization i can't judge anyone who plays for the browns until they play for another team after the browns 
Yeah, I'm just, that's fair I'm enough. just saying we saw OBJ go to the Browns and he's done. He had an all right game last week, but definitely taken a step down. Slew, do you want to read out your list of teams that you officially think are dead? Jets, Giants, Lions, Panthers, Dolphins. Mm, not sure about the Dolphins. Leave the Dolphins for now. You're not sure about the Dolphins. You're not sure, not sure about, about the Dolphins. dolphins. So think, I want to see how. I want to see how. No, I want to see how early they bring in Tua and how good he is before. I, if they if they bring in Tua week four and he's really fucking good, they can't bring in Tua though. Surely. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to say it while there is an upgrade available. Stan, do you think Zimmer's on the hot seat? Um. Yeah. Definitely. If he can't deliver with this, if, if he can't deliver with this team and and the the downfall of it, or one of the downfalls of it is the defense, then for sure. That's what I'm thinking. That's his whole thing. I imagine the reason they got rid of all those defensive players was because they had confidence in Zimmer to train the new de- defense and make him competent. I don't know if he gets out of it because they had that shortened off season, so there's going to be a bit of a longer learning period for the new defenders. I just, yeah, he's got to be out of there surely. Like he's had his chances, he hasn't been able to do much with this team, and the successes of the team have not been down to him at all. Like the, 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 when they had success last year, it was because of the Kevin Stefanski, Gary Kubiak offense that they were running, and which was outstanding and would score a high amount of points. But the defense wasn't a strong point. Defense still isn't a strong point. It's only getting worse. A and they've got a massive, massive, exactly. They've got a massive, massive cap issue looming over them now. And I won't be surprised if in a couple of years' time the Vikings are all but done, completely. Yeah. Completely, it's hard to. Well, if you keep Zimmer around, potentially they'll end up on a Zimmer frame. <laughs> cool. That was so bad. I liked it, Joe. It was so forced and so bad. <laughs> yeah, but those are the best ones, Slew. You just don't understand humor. God, get a fucking grip. So, moving on to our week three preview, uh, Stan, who have you got for your upset of the week? You're not going to like this, Lou, but if there's going to be an upset this week, I back it to be the Bengals over the Eagles. Ooh. But yeah. In terms of upsets, this week was quite a hard one for me to pick. And I'm not saying it will necessarily happen. I'm saying it's the most likely to happen out of all the games this week with Joe Burrow moving to his third game of the season, third game of his NFL career against a weak Eagles defence and a Carson Wentz who has not lived up to expectations. And we can firmly say he's not an elite quarterback after the opening to the season he's had. Yeah. I think uh, it's, it's possible that the Bengals walk in there and take out a win. I, I would, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing back on saying he's not an elite quarterback, but I, I'm saying he's definitely had a disappointing start to the season, given what everyone was saying about him. He's been shite, Joe. He's been shite to start the season. Top five quarterbacks right. don't come into the start of seasons and have two performances like Carson Wentz has just had. He's been bad. Okay, um, not, not One thing I would say about this is that our strengths do match up quite favourably to theirs. The fact that they have no offensive line and our D-line is probably the strength of our entire team at the moment. Yeah, that's true. And the fact that they just worked as a way to get the Browns back on track offensively. So, I don't know. I think the Bengals are pretty poor and... I mean, yeah, you're right. We've been, we haven't been exactly been lighting the world on fire either. So, but I know I just back this team to beat the Bengals teams. Maybe they're not, maybe they're not a winning team, but they are better than the Bengals. I, it's interesting to see Joe Burrow getting 61 attempts in that Browns game as well. It's quite clear that they're just putting everything on him early on in his career, and he so far he's kind of handling it. I mean, passing percentage isn't great, but 
he's getting a lot of miss. He's getting absolutely miss. annihilated in the pocket. Yeah. That's what's honest. happening. Basically, he's he's has to do everything and there's no fucking line, which is kind of what we said was at the start of the season going in. And 61 pass as well. It's partially because they fell behind early because Mixer was running the ball really well in the first half. Yeah. And then they went behind and had to rely just on the passing. And shout out to Joe Mixon, actually, for, for being able to run the ball so well. I mean, he had an issue, like, last year, he just managed to break a 1,000, and he had this whole stint where he was getting nothing, and there was obviously no O-line help there. But to still be a top-tier running back, I would say... Joe Mixon does not get enough props for what he does with so little in front of him. Yeah, and he can do everything as well. He can help out in the passing game, and he's a good pass blocker. He's an underrated pass blocker in that regard. Just on this note, Matt also went with this saying, Slew's, of course he did. Slew's cockless birds will drop an ugly and lose <laughs> to the burrow boy. What does that even mean? <laughs> you know exactly what it means. You just don't like it. <laughs> Matt Burns uh, being eloquent as ever. Yeah, he's got the hottest takes when he's not on the show. Honestly, it's, it's great. It's because he doesn't have to be held off every week. Because it's not his voice saying this absolute nonsense. <laughs> It's great though. I wish, yeah, let's just keep him off. Why not? Let's just never have him come back again. I'm up for it. Who's up for it? No? All right, cool. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Joe, I wasn't on board with a coup right now. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say the Vikings, despite what we just said, you know, I I don't know why. As the Titans. Against the Titans, as like a real upset. Because it's hard to actually, because I thought looking looking at the schedule, right? It's hard to actually pick. I think most of the upsets aren't particularly upsets. Like even with the Bengals and the Eagles, that's only an upset because of the stature that we're putting them in previous season's context. I think they're both 0-2 teams at the end of the day. I think the Vikings as a team that everyone is having massive doubts of early in the season, it's a team that we're potentially killing off dead. Now, I think potentially their, their run defense isn't the worst aspect. It's clearly a secondary I, I don't know why, and it's probably not reasonable, but I think Ngakwe might have a coming out party, and I believe in Dalvin Cook, so why not? Vikings beat the Titans, who looked amazing last week, but who cares? I can't get behind that at all. Can't? No. No, not okay. at all. That's why it's a juicy take, Stan. You know, you it can't is a very juicy with, take. You, you can't just go with what everyone's going to feel, and I can see Slew scrambling for his upset of the week. I'm close to going some, with something that I don't even believe myself. It's just how disappointing the main team's been. Go. I think the Colts lose to the worst team in football. Mm. Really? You think how's the Colts a, lose to Jets? How that for a bold take, fellas? That is a bold take. I applaud you for that. Um, you sort of joined me for my dropping of the week. Ooh. But reverse. Yeah, you've yeah. you've completely juxtaposed my drubbing of the week. I don't think the Colts the Colts haven't looked that good for what they were supposed to be this year. Rivers they haven't, looked, the, they haven't they haven't looked good, but I I'd pick anyone versus the Jets. It would be an it would be an I, upset. But why backing Sam Darnold, backing Adam Gase? Because everyone's hating on them this week. It's them versus the world. It's the whole thing. I think for some reason it seems to actually work that when they get shot on by the entire media, that somehow NFL teams, that's when they find a way to win. Uh, I think this yeah, suggests is maybe one, one win of the year. But I can't the, say anything analysis-wise why I think it. Sorry, Joe, I know I'm interrupting you. It's just a gut feeling looking at it. The Colts have been fine. disappointing. Philip Rivers 
hasn't looked good. And they're now without Paris Campbell, who was their arguably the biggest weapon in week one. Yeah. But Miley Cox, he went off last week. You've got T.Y. Hilton as well. Jonathan Taylor, he's looking. A bit Jonathan be- Taylor, a bit they better. ride it. So it's a low scoring game that they may be able to snatch. Jonathan Taylor was very good last, last Jonathan week. Taylor was very good, but what happens when you run the ball a lot is that the clock goes down quickly and you don't score a lot of points. Oh, I do love a rare argument segment on the podcast. You know, I feel like this is, we could do first take right here, right now. Just, <laughs> but slow! <laughs> I, don't, I don't think at uh, yeah, 10 o'clock at night any of us have got enough energy for a first, type, first take they type don't of segment need to right know now. We're recording at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> Uh, the other one, the other one I was thinking was Cowboys beating the Seahawks, but you guys don't think that's a big enough upset. That's not so an upset no. I thought I w- I thought I'd go to the other end of the spectrum and go with the biggest upset. Okay, I respect your boldness, but I think you're a fool nonetheless. Yeah, that's fair enough. I probably am based on that one. I would just like to add that Matt has agreed with Stan once again and said the Colts will shag the Jets. So that is <laughs> an obvious oh, Mattism there. I think my drubbing of the week would go to... You know what? I've changed my mind. I've changed my mind. I've just spotted one that I think is going to actually happen. Upset? Yeah, upset. Washington beat the Browns. Yes. They're... I wouldn't call it a massive okay. upset. But... I think it's an upset. That's an upset. Considering everyone, yeah, everyone's been cheating on the, the, the Washington football team I don't this season. The Browns O-line's improved, but I don't think it's great. And we've always said how good that Washington D-line is. I don't think it's an upset. I think the Washington D-line is... Very good. It would definitely be an upset. Yeah, but that's their only good position group that people have been hyping up during the offseason. Whereas with the Browns, you've got their wide receiver court, you've got their run game. You've got Baker Mayfield looking to have a resurgence. You've got... You've, there are a lot of things about the team being hyped up. You've got their wide receiver core though, but they... None of their receivers have been performing especially great. Yeah, this season. Mayfield but you look at... The, which is why on paper it's an paper. upset. Exactly. On paper, it's a massive upset. Because you look at the, the, uh, the Washington football team wide receiver core, you've got Terry McLaurin. Yeah. And that, that's the only name that kind of jumps off the paper at you. On paper, massive, massive upset. In terms of the context of this season, maybe not so much. But if we've well, so Antonio looking... Gibson goes off yeah. against the Browns. And the, the only... The I can only... see that happening, yeah. The only other thing is why I wouldn't say is an upset, personally, just for me, is that I think D-line is the second most important positional group behind uh, quarterbacks. Browns have a good right. D-line as well, though. I just think... Right, Cardinals have a weaker O-line than the Browns, and we managed to survive against them. They didn't pose a, they didn't pose much of a threat to us at all. Hmm. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. Maybe it's no, I don't know your air raid system or something along the lines of that. But yeah, uh, I, I mean personally, I, I did consider that to be honest, and I was like, uh, I don't I don't think they're that as far apart as people think. Like, on paper, looking at it, which from is a distance, which yeah. is why it's a realistic upset because they're not as far apart as people are predicting it to be. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, it makes sense. Anyway, my drubbing of the week, as we mentioned, was the Chargers versus the Christian McCaffrey-less Panthers. I think McCaffrey had, before he got injured, had over 50% of the touches in that Panthers game. He's by far the most important thing on that Panthers offense, and they're really going to miss him. And as we mentioned, Justin Herbert looked very serviceable against the Chiefs. If Tyler Taylor's fit, he's playing. But the Panthers' defense is terrible. Is he? Is he actually fit? <sighs> no, that right. This is just the word from Anthony Lynn. He said, "If Tyrod Taylor is one hundred percent ready to play, he will play." That's just what he said. Yeah, I didn't think he was coming back this week. I thought he was out for another week, but maybe that's... we don't. We don't know yet. It's yeah. up in the air at the moment. Would you still? Yeah. Would you Question. still back it as a dropping even even with um, Taylor as starting QB? 
Yeah, because Christian McCaffrey's that good. And the Panthers don't really have anything without him. They don't have any production. Uh, D- so DJ Moore. Samuel and DJ Moore, that's it. Got yeah, DJ, yeah, DJ Moore maybe. But other than that, I can't see the Panthers doing anything offensively. And also defensively, they're not they're not great. It's nothing special. I you know, especially losing Luke Keekley this year. I don't think it's done them any favours. I, I think the Chargers are still gonna dick them, mm. personally. Fair enough. I think the Buccaneers probably smashed the Broncos this week. Oh, Especially that's a really good shout. We've already talked about how the Broncos, without their best two weapons on offense, yeah, and going to have to be running running the ball. Buccaneers started to get going last week. They didn't look terrible, to be fair, against the Saints. It was a few turnovers that screwed them up. So, Stan, you've already mentioned how Brady isn't washed. I Brady's think the not washed. He's not. He's not. Buccaneers smashed the Broncos. I yeah. could really, I could get behind that happening. I, Coming out yeah. party for Brady. I think he had a great game last week, but I think, to be honest, I can get behind that more than I can get behind Philip Rivers dropping anyone, to be honest, at this stage in his career. Yeah, that's... that's... I think, I think as, a, as football fans, though, this week, we're blessed with some really, really high-quality games. It's... Yeah, yeah. so the must-watch games of the week. Stan, do you want to begin? You might as well. Well, Joe, I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave one game for you because I know you'll bring it up, but I'm oh, going to go for... That's what I was going to go with. How dare you? Go for it. Yeah, we'll let, on, Joe, we'll let Joe go with it, just... <laughs> Okay, you could Joe, uh, you can go with that game, but I'm just gonna get in there first with the Cowboys versus the Seahawks. I think that's gonna be an absolutely phenomenal game. Mm. And we we just gotta rely on the fact that the Cowboys aren't gonna make the same errors at the start of the game that they did last week, which really, really cost them and almost yeah, almost made them lose the game. But you've got two two really, really, really good offenses. The Cowboys defense was looking better in the Falcons game as they held them towards the down as they held them down the stretch. And of course, you've got the Seahawks defense, which is which is um, reasonably good as well. But they match up pretty well. Seahawks should really win this one, but it could be it's going to be a phenomenal game to watch. Yeah, the one thing I would say about that potentially is the Cowboys defense, if they're slow to start against the Seahawks, will will just get an insurmountable lead. Potentially. Oh yeah, they'll get punished, especially now with the fact that they're yeah they're, they're feeding Ross the ball. They're letting him run the offense himself. They're not Man just cook. exactly. They're letting Ross cook. And especially against a weak, weak Cowboys secondary, he could be up for a he could be up for a really high scoring game. As much as I do love what the Seahawks are doing, I'm going to get really annoyed with this whole let Russ cook thing if it keeps going every time he does something. It's like as soon as the NFL catches hold of something, they never let it go. It's going it's to be, be like the feed Zeke, the new feed Zeke. It will be. It's just going to be all be, year. Yeah. He'll score a touchdown, but they'll just like Scott Hansen will say something about letting Russ cook. After that, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> do you reckon he'll do a, <laughs> some sort of advert? Probably. Cook. He's going to do some cooking He's going to do a that. cooking advert. Joe, why did you have to if bring that back up into my head? If, if you haven't heard this, by the way, listeners of the podcast, please YouTube Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited. Right now. I would, wouldn't recommend. I would change your entire it. opinion of the man. Especially before bed, because it will haunt you. <laughs> I do ha- still have nightmares. Slew, what do you have as your must-see game? You're allowed to say it. You're, you're allowed, by the way. Okay, you want me to say it so you can go with something else? Well, you can say it. It's Monday Night Football. It's Ravens versus the Chiefs. It'd be the Super Bowl if we had any justice, but unfortunately, they're both in the AFC, mm. so we'll have to settle for an AFC Championship match. These teams have both been pretty solid. Well, the Chiefs have been pretty solid to start the year, but they're always dangerous. The Ravens have been on fire. Lamar has picked it up another level. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be great. 
and it's two of the two of the four best quarterbacks right now facing off against each other. Yeah, I would totally agree. Once again, I, I think looking back at the game, this same game last year was a very close game. And I think being a, a biased little Ravens boy, I would say Lamar has looked so far like he's progressed so much as a passer, keeping his eyes downfield and finding the open receiver, not looking to run as much as he did in that you know, the in last season when he broke the, the rushing record. So, you know, we're going to see a, a shootout. We're going to see a lot of yards, potential. Mm. It's great last year, this matchup. Exactly. Also, while we're on, like, people are going to point to the Chiefs last week and say, oh, they only put up 23 points, and that was in overtime. The Chiefs are always played close and held to a few points against the Chargers. I don't know why. They just seem to have their number, but they'll bounce back. They'll score a lot of points, and it should be really fun. So you guys got for that? I don't know yet. I don't know either. I've obviously got to say, I want to say Ravens, I think, but I can't. It it feels wrong ever picking against Patrick Mahomes. I I'm going Ravens 100. I I, I, I think the Ravens completely. Lamar's genuinely looked so fucking good this year, and he looks very sort of surgical. And it's me being. It's not even me being biased. I'm just fucking. This is the game that I'm watching like fully. Yeah, and it I'm. He's making the right decision every single time. I don't, I don't see how he... I don't think that... But I, it, like, yes, Lamar does stuff that Mahomes. no one else can do, but... The Mahomes could have quite fucking Literally, four. Mahomes... Will, we lost Tavon Young. Uh, I didn't, that, did you see Tyreek's touchdown this week? Like, that came oh, that's throw nowhere. Is, that's throw that's is beautiful. He can just do it from nowhere and then boom, 70-yard touchdown. Yeah. He's got that, the X factor. He's got, the, he's got that little thing that no one else has. But... Exactly, he's got he's right, got that yeah. superstar X factor. So he's got he's got it, but he he, he almost lost to the Chargers. They yeah. always they always struggle against the Chargers. No, but he almost lost against the Chargers. I can't that that that's it, they took them to overtime. Hmm. And if it, yeah. if it wasn't for Justin Herbert that first down, they could have perhaps lost to the Chargers. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah. against the Ravens as well. I, yeah, Ooh, I've got the Ravens. Uh, there. Well, to be fair, Tavon Young is a big loss. Uh, he's a surprising I I reckon but Deshaun Elliott has actually looked good this year if the Eagles show some competency we could win in week 4 if the 49ers are still injured as hell it also depends on Sammy Watkins as well whether he's back for that Ravens game or not yeah yeah Um, who's your number one corner Joe he's fucking sick Uh, number one corner who's the Marlon Humphrey Marlon Marlon Humphrey's Humphrey's really good yeah Marlon Marlon Humphrey Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey's so good at freaking punching the ball out you know what he does though, Joe? That's the peanut punch. What does he do? He, he loves holding he, people. When he gets deep. When he gets burned deep. deep. And who's really good at burning people deep, Joe? <laughs> I'll give you a clue. It begins with T ends and I Reek Hill. I don't um sustain I don't subscribe to the thought that he does get burnt deep that often. <laughs> it's Tyreek Hill and Miko Hardy. I would argue he knows he's not as fast as Tyreek Hill and will likely give him a bit more space than he would typically give other receivers. And also, it's not like we're just going to have Marlon being the only man covering Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Marlon, you're on single man against Tyreek Hill. The entire- well, that's how you get fucked over by Kelsey. Yeah, if you play man, you're gonna get, get get screwed over by. I don't know. Like, you can't play Zoda against the Chiefs. That's how Kel. Mate, have you seen? Because Kelsey just finds every single soft spot somehow. I think if you play man against Kelsey, you're week. screwed. If you play zone against Kelsey, you're also screwed. Yeah. Mm. You got to you got to double Kelsey. You got to double Kelsey somehow. 
well, yeah, you've got to play match cut. You've got to, yeah, literally just play like a sort of match coverage against him. You've got to make your own sort of coverage for the Chiefs because otherwise it just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to need, we're going to need like, you know, multiple people on Kelsey, but I think Patrick Queen is, is you know, a How good... tall is Patrick Queen? Five foot something, like six, isn't he? Six. Five, six? No, 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 five foot something. I swear <laughs> he's not even that tall. I thought it was like Queen six, isn't eight. that um, I don't know, but uh, you know, it's at the end of the day. Like, and LJ Fort looked good. I mean, he he's not a coverage linebacker, but he did look. Fu- he's looked good in the last two weeks as well. What's one point eight five meters? Yeah, that's exactly. Why, they, why is everything in meters? Six one. Uh, because of the metric system is Kelsey superior. Yeah, <laughs> superior, but, it's superior, but... It's I don't know how I don't know how big one eight five meters is. He's one point one nine six. Travis Kelsey's got ten centimeters on him. All right. Well, what does that mean? In inch? Who's your Three safety? Inches. What about Jimmy Smith? Could he line up against Kelsey? Jimmy slow. Jimmy Smith could Kelsey line quick? up against Kelsey though. No, but that's uh, the thing. He, he's slow. John Elliott has been good this year as well. He's he's. Uh, when I'm thinking of Jimmy Carr, I think. Um, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy is, Carr. Jimmy no, Carr. Jimmy Carr. <laughs> Jimmy Carr. <laughs> <you're trusting? laughs> yeah. No, I, I think... Um, no, I'm thinking Brandon Carr, I'm pretty sure. But it was, yeah, it was Brandon Carr. Not, like called. a not-fast... Brandon Carr, we, we, we've... Like, Brandon Carr can't even play for us. Yeah, he did do last year. I'm getting confused. Yeah. I'm not very good at rosters this year because I don't have Madden. I'm being genuine here. That's how I got away in for rosters. No, it, it does it does help, actually, a lot. But That's how I learnt players, Um how to play the game as well. Do you have another one, Joe? Yeah, I do. The, the Packers versus the Saints, I think, yeah. would be another one. Coming off what we said about Michael Thomas, obviously, it's interesting to see going to, into week three how this is going to sort of progress for the Saints. Two teams that we likely could see in the playoffs face again, just like the Ravens versus the Chiefs. Aaron Rodgers looks on fire. He looks very good. He's coming back with a vengeance this year. All of that drama in the off-season with the Jordan Love pick. And I can just see this would be a fun game to watch. I think the Packers probably have the Saints in this, to be honest, 2-0. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. If you look at Aaron Rodgers as well, that, that offense has put up over 40 points in their first two games. Their rushing attack as well. It leads the league with 6.2 yards per carry. You've got Aaron Jones, who's run for 234 yards off just 34 carries. I can, Wasn't I he can, supposed yeah. to hardly be played this year because they drafted AJ Dillon? What happened there? Aaron Jones. What happened there? Is AJ Dillon just not being used? Aaron, Aaron I'm not Jones sure why they drafted him. Popping off. Yeah. Sleeper fantasy pick looked stupid. Yeah, I don't understand yet. Matt Lafleur, well, sorry, the, the Packers GM. Their first two, their two, like first picks in the draft, they picked a quarterback they're not using and a running back they're not using at all. Yep. Yeah, I thought he was going to get it on goal line or something, but it seems like he's not going to be used at all. Yeah, but, yeah well, but, Jamal I mean, Williams had quite a few yards, didn't he, this week? Yeah, he had he had a decent game as well. Uh, I thought at least he'd be starting over Jamal Jamal Williams. It, it kind of, I don't know what that what it really says of the team. And to be fair, maybe the Packers are just sort of taking their time with their rookies this year in particular with the shorter off season and training camp and everything like that, which I can kind of understand. Yeah, but Plus, they're, they're, think, in, they're think, in win now mode as well. Yeah. Plus Williams and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, thank you very much. Both out of contract with the end of the year, so the likelihood is they'll only re-sign one of them if they could, probably Jones, based on how much he's asking for. 
and then go ahead with Dylan as the complementary to that. You have to re-sign Jones if he's if he's playing like he's doing this year. There, yeah. There's no way you can't do that. He absolutely fits his system. When you stick him out wide as well, he's playing like a freaking receiver for a team that doesn't have any receivers. He's he's a, <laughs> he's a you know he's just a threat everywhere, and especially with Devontae Adams going going down with a hammy and kind of questionable to return next week. Interesting to see how this works. Don't make him your only thing. <laughs> yeah, we, we've seen how that goes with McCaffrey, but. I think Rodgers is very good at spreading the ball around. He looks amazing this year, like I mentioned. Yeah. Do you guys want to find out how you guys did in the picks this week? I'd yeah. Like well, we all we all did pretty well actually. Matt did worse this week, and he went eleven and five. Stan and I both went twelve and four, and Joe smashed it, going thirteen and three. Yes, my which boy. means Matt and I are on twenty-one and eleven for the year. Stan, your no, Joe's on 22 and 10, and Stan's one point ahead, 23 and 9. We'd love to see it. Up oh, the boys. That's very close, isn't it, Stan? It is very close. Comfortable. Yeah, if you're looking for some NFL picks for your Aki, maybe have a look at our game picks this week because they have been pretty accurate to start the season. <laughs> I used to do, just on the note of gambling, I used to put a one pound bet on the losing team every single week i would put every single losing team to win and one one week it was 15 and one <laughs> uh, which is pretty mental in general just just throwing gambling out there we've mentioned gambling a lot this, this week and but when the fun stops stop but if anyone wants to sponsor us any gambling websites <laughs> <go ahead. laughs> and on that note i think we should probably wrap things up for today it's 10 30 in the goddamn p.m yeah, so you can reach us on Instagram at the Dropback, and on Twitter at the Dropback. On Facebook, we're the Dropback UK. You can check out our articles, news, resources, and everything like that. And those game picks. We might actually have some more guest articles coming soon on at the Dropback dot com or uk. I've been your host, Joe. I've been Sam. I've been Stan. Until next time, peace. The Dropback, with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns-Peak, and Joe Costanzo. Why can Matt never go a single sentence without swearing? Because he's an absolute... Bastard. Bastard man. Matt is a bastard man. Well, the, when we in second year, second I think it was second year, we played Durham, and their guy had been glo- banned globally for PEDs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, their um, quarterback. He was, mate, he was amazing during the game. Yeah, I remember he scored like six touchdowns. <laughs>